Yo, what's up? This your boy Money G on the Fan Mission Podcast. And man, it's going down tonight, man. We're going to do something different, man. And I hope y'all enjoy it. Where y'all at, man? Drop some 100 points. Let me see. Let y'all know y'all in the building. But we got a special guest, so I'm going to go ahead and bring in a party and she can introduce herself. Hello, hello. Hey, How's everybody doing? Yeah, you know, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. How you doing? I'm good, too. Blessed is an understatement. All right, all right. So, um, I heard some good news about you. Oh, it, uh, it better be good news. Yeah. So, yeah. I heard some good news about you. Um, about you finna be a um, what a first time homeowner? Well, second time, but basically first time. It's been almost okay. twenty years since I purchased a home. So, yes, I'm. In the final, final stages of of closing on a, a house down here in Florida, so mm. super excited about that. Okay, okay, I forgot to tell you. Why don't you go ahead and tell the people your name, where you're from? <laughs> well, I'm Audra. I am from Peoria, Illinois. Um, been down in Florida for the last six years. Okay. Um, so. Actually, from Kiwani, Illinois. That's where mm. I was born, but um, okay. grew up in Peoria. Okay. So what made you leave the P-Town? Oh, my gosh. Um, you know, it just really boiled down to the fact that I didn't want my kids to grow up and not know that there was more out there than Peoria. Mm. Um, you know, I never got to see anything more than central illinois growing up as a kid and you know in my mind that's all that existed so mm. when i got the opportunity to see more of the the country and you know hey there's more going on than, than what we got going on in peoria um right. it, it changed the way you know i wanted to live and i wanted that for my kids so to get up out of there was a must <laughs> okay so you know, I like to tell people when you have family and friends or an opportunity to go somewhere else and you'd be like, man, I'm scared. Um, I don't know what it's like. And, you know, that's that learning curve that you can open up doors to other things. Because yes. if you stand in one spot looking for better things, that's insanity. You know what I'm saying? You stand yeah. in one spot praying and hoping for other things. And that's not it right there. You know, well, so. I mean, definitely, like, when you're living in a, you know, for those who don't know about Peoria, you know, it's not necessarily a small town, but, you know, when there's so many people fighting for the same opportunities, it just feels like, you know, you feel defeat faster. And then uh -huh. you come down to these bigger areas and you feel like you have a little bit more of a chance and there's more hope, you know, there's, there's not such a limit on the opportunities that are here. So, yeah. You know what they say, a big fish in a small pond. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's all it'd be. Is, um, so who did you know down in Florida for you to bust that move? So, really, um, I worked for 
I was in property management. I've been in property management for like almost the last 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I had a client that gave me or gifted me a vacation um, to Florida, to one of her properties. And um, that was how I came down here the first time was basically just as a vacation with my family, uh, with y'all. Um, you know, we, we enjoyed a week down here and then I was like, oh my God, I love it. You know, I got to move down here. So when we actually moved down here, I really didn't know anybody. I had one, um, tenant who rented from me in Peoria Mm -hmm. that I knew down here. And that was basically it. Um, you know, I, I didn't know anybody else. So it it was coming down here pretty much sight unseen, didn't know where I was coming to, didn't know what to expect when I got here. Um, yeah, that was it. Hey, that's crazy. I did. Um, we did come down here together on vacation. Yeah. yeah it was in 2015. Y'all were living in Atlanta. And, yeah. Um, we met that week down here and, and hung out and, that was the first time my kids had ever seen the ocean and pretty much really, I mean, as an adult, for me, it was like my first vacation to Florida. So, mm. um, you know, it was nice. It was, I, I think it had been like almost 10 years since we had seen you guys. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was, that was a good trip for us. I, you know, I still look at the pictures and I'm like, dang, we had the best time. That was that was really the best time I think we had in a long time. So Yeah, we had the ocean house. That mm-hmm. was that was dope. Yeah. That was dope. Yeah, yeah that was nice. That was nice. I, sh- I I don't know how I forgot about that, but yeah. I, I remember um, going to Walmart on that vacation and we had went to Walmart for something to get some, you know, food or whatever. And the kids and I were like mesmerized that there were palm trees. Mm -hmm. at walmart and we're like what there's palm trees at walmart like walmart on university it had no damn palm trees i know i know know, we were excited to see you know that i mean the the little things like that were just so amazing to us so um that was that was what was that was cool about moving down here because it's like we saw all these things that we never even knew existed you know so. yeah that's what's up that's what's mm. up my mom my mom just came down here and she had a nice time for the weekend you know yeah so um let me see man i got a couple of questions for you you know you know you know we know yeah huh so i heard about you getting your motorcycle license oh yes man um, what made you what made you want to even start riding motorcycles Okay, so now we opening up the whole can. I don't know if you're ready for this. But okay. um, so, you know, in the last four years, I basically have um, had this whole just different uh, outlook on life. Um, I got sick and uh, developed mm. some, some near-death experiences. Mm. Um you know, uh, uh, probably I would say more than four times in the last three and a half years, I was on my deathbed um, mm. and, you know, didn't anticipate waking up. And mm. um, I just decided, you know, I wasn't going to limit myself to anything at all. Like, 
I just want to live life. And I love to ride as a passenger on a motorcycle. Oh, I lost my lighting. Sorry. Mm. Hold on a second. <clears throat> hey, man. Oh, all the listeners out there, drop some hearts. Drop some hearts, man. Show us some love, man. So anyhow, going back, I got my lighting now. Um, I just decided, you know, I wasn't going to let life go by without living it. So mm -hmm. I love being a passenger on the motorcycle, but yet I don't want to wait around for somebody else to ride. So I just want to get my own license and ride my own bike. And if I want to go out at two in the morning and ride, I can do that. I don't have to wait on anybody else. So that's definitely um, something I'm going to do. And I'm going to get me a, a Harley <laughs> and awesome. uh, I'm going to ride. So, yeah. So you said you had near-death experience. What was that? So um, in 2019, I um, made the decision to, like a lot of us women, medic surgeries and, and changes to my body. And um, I was one of those unfortunate people who developed some really severe complications from from the surgery so um i got i got really sick um i was one of six people on record in the world who developed um the type of infection that i got um i developed what was called a, a gastrobronchial fistula which is a fistula in between my lung and my stomach so Everything I was eating and drinking was going into my lung and instead of in my mm. stomach. So I ended up having to have um, about 33 surgical procedures between 2019 and 2021 to try to save my life. Well, you had so, to go through. Um, I, I, I couldn't. Yeah, I had that. Um, the sound. Can you hear me now? Just a little bit. But you said how many? Hold on. 33 surgeries um, between 2019 and and now. Mm. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Or did we lose each other? No, no, I can hear you. It's just a little... Hold on. Okay. All right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm in the car. Is it all yeah. right? Yeah, you good. You good. Yeah. So the, the last... The last surgery I ended up having was a 15 and a half hour long surgery. They removed a portion of my left lung. Um, mm. And I woke up on a ventilator. Um, yeah, it was bad. It was, it was, it was a, a basically, you know, I was begging to let them let me die. Um, my body was just completely shut down. I got down to like right around 111 pounds. I was all bones, um, being fed through feeding tubes. Um, you know, I couldn't walk. I was in a wheelchair. I mean, I, you name it. And, mm. you know, I just, I just was laying there and I can remember thinking, you know, oh my God, there's all these things that I haven't done and I'm a die and I've never, I've never done these things. And I, and I had all this regret, like, take over me in those moments. And so what, as I have started to 
get back in myself on anything. I'm I'm gonna do every single thing I want to do. Um, and if that means it's gonna ride a motorcycle, then that's what I'm gonna do is ride a motorcycle. So, yeah, amen. Um, amen. next week I'm going on a cruise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I mean, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not stopping at the motorcycle. That's for sure. Yeah, I'm sorry. I had to get my praise button, but um, is your <laughs> is your is your sound is it hooked up to the car? That's yeah, what, I don't know how to turn it off. Hold that's on. That's what it sound like. It sound like it's hooked up to the Bluetooth. Cause you hold on. Let me you, turn it you, off. You sounding clear. Oh, is that better? Can you oh hear yeah, me now? yeah, yeah. I hear you clear okay. now. Okay. Yeah. My bad. Yep. So. Yeah. Yeah, so um, that's what I be telling people that a lot of it's good to talk to older people, but a lot of older people don't die from older age. But the ones that is in the hospital and they older, they they die with a lot of regrets, things that they didn't do, mm-hmm. um, um, relationships they didn't patch up, yeah, uh, phone calls they didn't call, and people they ain't stay in touch with, you know. All they do is work, 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 work. And yeah. then when it's all failed, the workplace don't even care about them. You know what I'm oh, saying? No. Before they obituary printed up, shit, they already found somebody else to take their place at work. Yes. You know what and I'm saying? So that's a huge thing, you know, and that for me, you know, I was so engulfed in my career my whole life. Like mm. not only my own personal business, but you know, the, the position that I had at the time, you know, I was so heavily stressed out from work and putting my all into my job and, you know, showing up on days where, you know, I could barely even, you know, get out of bed that morning because I was hurting so bad. And I was giving these, you know, this company, everything I had. And I can remember, you know, as I was going through different things, like, I wouldn't even get phone calls to check on me and I wouldn't even, you know, there wasn't an ounce of empathy from people that I, you know, basically laid down on the ground and let these people walk on me. So, Uh you know, I can't express, like I have so many friends and I'm not going to mention no names, but I have so many friends who just give their all to these jobs Uh and they get so busy making a living that they don't have a life Uh and then you know it takes a near-death experience to get them to open their eyes and realize this job this job isn't is it living you know this job is consuming you and killing you and you don't got nothing to show for it but some terrible mental health (laughs) yeah and that's what it be it's like you can't get drained and um, but we just have to realize, like, like you can't fault people because they only know what they know at the time mm-hmm. that they know it. But when they do realize it, they it's sad that they do have to go through what we went through, like some near death experience to be like, you know what, I'm finna go try this, man. I'm finna yeah. do this because I could have, I couldn't have came out the hospital. You know what I'm saying? I was sitting right. on that bed and I was thinking like all the things that we could have and should have did. You know, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, and that's what life is about. Life is about making memories. Yes. And you don't want to just have a memory of not doing something. 
You exactly. Know I mean, you know, it, we all have different reasons that hold us back from doing things with our life, but mm. you know, you only get one chance. Like you only got the one opportunity. And you know, I'm in my 40s now, and I'm looking back, and I'm I, I try to talk to my kids, and I'm like, you know, you only get one chance to be 16. Like, yeah. stop trying to be 21 and 25 at 16 and be 16. Like, go to these dances at school and and get involved and 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 go to homecoming and do all. Man. Stop trying to be out here sneaking in the club because you got Man. all the rest of your life to do that. But you only got one chance to be 16. Like, you know, it, it's just I could go on about that forever. But you know. It's sad that it does take near-death experiences for people to open their eyes and realize that they really need to live life to the fullest. Yeah. And then with the kids, we really can't blame the kids because the lifestyle that they live right now ain't even the lifestyle that we grew up and lived. Like, if you tell the kids yeah. to go outside, they <laughs> think they did something that Trump did got in wrong. trouble. Yeah. 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 So they not... They, they got the video games, they got the phones, they got all mm -hmm. the everything to keep them and keep their attention span just like this. Yeah. But, and that's normal to them. That's not normal to us. So we'd be no. like, man, go out and do something, get some fresh air, meet a friend. They're mm -hmm. like, I meet all my friends online. I got Yeah. And the thing is, is their friends, friendships now aren't even real life. Friendships yeah. are all virtual. You know, so, they're yeah. dating virtually. They're like, you know, they be like, I got a boyfriend. I'm like, where he at? And they're like, oh, he lives, you know, in California. I'm like, how do you have a boyfriend in California? Like, they date virtually, they interact virtually, and then when I you mean, go to try to put them put them in one room, they don't even know how to talk to each other when they're face to face. So, all right. so just think about this: the world changing right before our eyes. The world mm -hmm. always been changing, right? So mm -hmm. it's kind of like, you know, when the internet came out. We was like, oh, always oh, all on the internet. And our grandparents, our parents was like, I don't know nothing about no damn internet. I don't <laughs> right. know nothing about no internet. I ain't trying to get no goddamn MySpace page. And I ain't right. trying to do all that. You know what I'm saying? So now we are the older people. We are the grandparents. We like, right. I don't know nothing about no virtual shit. <laughs> you talking about some um, Uber Eat and all that. Man, I ain't going to be Uber and eating. And no. we finna go to the restaurant or, you right. know what I'm saying? But once we do learn it, we start saying, okay, well, that can save up time. But it's oh, yeah. also dangerous because you're getting comfortable in your comfort zone. That's mm -hmm. com comfort is your comfort zone, man. And oh, that yes. can hurt you. Mm -hmm. So you don't want to do that. So, um, <clears throat> hey, man, <clears throat> tell me, how did you, how did you meet Big A? Oh and Lord. How did you how how did you feel when you heard about him dying? Well, I guess maybe people are like, who's Big A? You know, there's probably people on here or that will see this that are wondering who he is, but mm -hmm. um Adrian um and I met in two thousand and four, I believe, um downtown. Peoria club scene. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when we met, uh, you know, I was in the clubs, he was in the clubs, you know, we were living life. And um, 
Yeah, we have a child together. My oldest daughter is uh, by him. And um, so, of course, you know, the the news of his passing, you know, was very, it was very hard. Um, mm. You know, uh, to lose somebody that you know is hard enough, but to lose somebody that you share a child with, mm -hmm. that's a different kind of pain. Um, mm. And uh, with his situation, it's, it's hard because I almost feel like it was a blessing. Um, because for those that don't know, you know, he had, was serving a life sentence. So I almost feel like, you know, it was a blessing and he was being called home. Um, mm. So, you know, there's a lot of mixed emotion with that situation. Um, but uh, he's still here. You know, I still like do things throughout the day and I'm reminded um, that he's still here. So he was a good dude. Mm, that's what's up. That's what's up. Man, my bad. Such an awesome. Yeah. You threw that one out there. <laughs> yeah, my bad. My bad. No, um, you good. Um, <clears throat> all right. So I'm going to switch it up for you. <laughs> so um, Maybe give me a warning before you send the tear jerkers uh, out. <laughs> my bad. My bad. So I want you to explain to the people how much joy an animal can bring to the family. Oh my God. See, oh Lord. So first of all, me and your wife growing up, like when I said growing up as adults, we always was getting a damn dog and uh, we would get the dog and we would have the dog for like a week or two weeks or a month. And then we was giving the dog away. So Where'd you go? Are you still here? Yeah, I'm still here. I'm still here. Okay. I was just getting your shine so, on. So, so <laughs> I never wanted a dog again because they just are a lot of work. And, you know, I already got four kids. So to have a dog is like, oh, my God. But this last uh, year and a half or so, I'm like, okay, we can get a dog again. And um, I love my dogs. Like, I, I have really, really turned into a dog person. Now, I'm not letting them, like, lick me in the mouth and all that craziness. But, <laughs> but you know, I really like having them. So, yeah, they do bring a lot of joy. And, um, you know, for me and my situation, and, you know, I'm home a lot more than I ever was. And, you know, it, it's just they're cool. They're fun to have. I mean. So what kind of dog do you have? So we have uh, Chinese Sharpays. So they're mm. like the, the wrinkle dogs. Um, and my female is pregnant, so I'm going to have puppies here soon. Oh, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they're they're like, they're super smart. They're super clean. Um, so if you're going to have an animal and you're, like, on the fence because you don't know, they're a really good breed to have. So Okay, okay. I might yeah. be checking you out real soon. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We're gonna send them up. We're gonna send them up there. You guys can uh have you a dog now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. Um so do you have a testimony that you can share with us? A testimony. Gosh, I feel like I have several. Um you know, my biggest thing, you know, that 
I guess if I, I had to, I have two because my life now seems to be solely based around my illness and what has happened to me. But before that, um, I always was a, a professional and I was always on my grind and always, you know, building my business and building somebody else's business. And, mm. you know, one of the biggest things that really like irritated me then and still irritates me now is that people are always like, Oh, I don't care what people think about me. And I don't care what people have to say about me. And and that's where people really got things messed up because mm. you need to worry about perception. What people say about you. Yes. Yeah. And, and, you know, a lot of these people that are teaching their kids and, and pumping this, you know, don't care about what other people say and don't care what other people, no, you need to care what people say, you know, you need mm. to clean up your Facebook, you need to clean up your social media, you need to clean up your appearance, mm. you need to clean up because somebody's always watching. That's and, right. and if you have goals or ambitions of any kind in life, you know, you need to be worried about perception. So testimony, you know, on that level is, you know, for the longest time I was all like, oh, I don't care what anybody has to say about me and I don't care, you know. But when I started to care and when I started to put real honest effort into myself and not just on a on an appearance level, but on a on a every level, you know, mm. on the way I conduct myself, the way I speak, the way I talk, who I whom I'm, I'm around, where I go all of those things, it, perception is huge. And, you know, I really wish people would realize that. So that's testimony one. Testimony Mm. two just goes back to what we had just talked about. And that's, you know, don't wait till you're dying to realize you haven't lived, you Mm. know? And it's like laying there wishing that I was gonna have my last moments was so scary. You know, but like everything flashed before me, like, man, I've never been in love, man. I've never, you know, been on a roller coaster, man. I've never went to prom. I never did this. I, and the list was so long mm. and I'm like, that's just crazy. You know, that's just absolutely crazy. And it's like, there's no reason that you can't do those things. So like, you know, I see so many of my friends that just, they get comfortable, you know, they, they want to sit in the house, they, they don't want to go outside, they say it's because of money, they say it's because there's a million excuses, Yeah. you know, but then when they're on their deathbed, none of those excuses are going to matter. Man, you know, <laughs> so, you're going to find, you're going to find so many places that you could have went Yes. when, and, when for free, yeah, you know, they free. say, they say, um, if you live in a, um, uh, a safe a safe, comfortable life. That is yep. no life to be living. No, I mean, you know you, what I'm saying? You got to make a way. And it's like, I'm not rich. You know, I'm not, I'm not loaded with money or wealthy. Mm. Hell, my income went from here to a fourth of what I, you know, and I'm living in supporting four kids on my own with a fourth of my income. And I'm going mm-hmm. on a cruise next week. You know, it's like, you can oh, make, yeah. you can make things happen. Like, it's mm. all about, it's all about, what you really want. And it's like, you either really want to smoke them cigarettes and get Starbucks and do all that. Or you really want to live life. Like you got a choice. You got to make the choice. And you know, my health is still not good. My health is, is 
you know, I just spent a week in the hospital. I, I still see, you know, hospice care, you know, I, but I'm still going to live my life, you know, That's and I'm right. not going to wait till I'm dying. You know, people will be like, weren't you just in the hospital? And now you're going to the club. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm going to live my life because I'm not going to get to that moment again where I feel those regrets because that shit, that shit in itself will kill you. Mm. Those, those regrets will hit you in a place in your gut that is just terribly unsettling. So I know, I know people, a lot of people on my, um, on my social media, they be seeing me, they be like, man, money, I'll be seeing you holding snakes and getting yeah. on helicopters, helicopters and doing all this. Yeah, and I'm yeah. like, bro, I'm like, bro, you don't know how I feel when I had a stroke. Most yeah. people don't even know I had a stroke. Mm -hmm. And I was sitting in that hospital bed and I was thinking about all the stuff I should have and could have did. And I'm like, man, no. And I tell people all the time, like, they be like, man, why y'all move so much? And I say, man, God made this big old world for yes. us to see. And it's, it's like, you know, and um, people don't like to go nowhere. People be no. sitting in the same, they be sitting in the same, living in the same house, doing the same things, hanging around the same people. Yep. And you're going to get the same results. So, yeah, you know. I mean, that was another thing about coming down here to Florida. Like, you know, I don't like obviously there's people that will watch this that are from everywhere, but I just keep basing it on Illinois. You know, when, when all you know is one area, you get to other places and it's like, oh my God, you know, like it's overwhelming, but you got to do it. Like for us, when we came down here, the first few years we spent every weekend going somewhere new, you know, and mm. it was so exciting for us. And it's like, I think back to the years that we lived in Peoria and I never knew anything else existed, you know? And it's like, it's crazy. It's like, I, I'm so glad I got my kids to a different place so that they could see mm. that there's more to the world. Cause the sitting still stuff, I just don't know how people do it. Hey, and that's crazy. I'll be telling my kids, I say, man, y'all seen all sides of the ocean damn near. And um, yeah. a lot of people don't even, they Never don't go nowhere. It. They yeah. don't see nothing. Never like my girl, my mom, my mom. This is her first time getting on a, a helicopter. First time getting on a plane. First mm -hmm. time holding an alligator. First time, you know what I'm saying? And it was the first time everything for us. So she was like, in, in three, four days. Yeah, that's you know a what I'm saying. Yeah, so, that's, yeah a, that's, that's a big up, lesson. Man. So if somebody, what would you say? Oh, what kind of advice you can sell to the ladies out there, like? Oh, God, I got a lot. <laughs> um, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing I can say is I spent probably 30 plus years of my life not loving myself. Mm. And that led me to allow the wrong type of people into my life. And you know, I think that women, girls, teenagers, everything in between on the life cycle, we don't ever learn how to love ourselves. And mm. and it's huge because I, I wasted so much time putting energy and effort into other people when I should have been putting it into myself. Mm. And so, you know, the best advice 
now that I could give, like that I try to give to my daughters and and to, you know, other younger girls is that you got to learn how to love you, you know, mm. just because your friends like eyelashes and this, you know, type of music and this bag, you don't got to like that stuff. You, you mm. like what you like, you know, and, sure. and, and own it. Because I was that girl who showed up to school and I would wear, you know, the clothes that everybody else wore because that was the thing to do. But then as soon as I could run and get in the car, I was listening to the music that I liked, but I was trying to hide that. You know, I was mm. always trying to hide who I was because I wanted to be so badly accepted by everybody else. And then, and in since I hated myself, you know, mm. I, you got to own you got to own who you are and love who you are and put the energy into yourself and making yourself happy or else you will never, ever, ever be happy with anybody else. And, you know, that, that's, that's big. And then the, the other piece of advice that I can give is, you know, you only got one body and you better be good to it because <laughs> mm. mm. uh, all these, these, you know, uh, plastic surgeries and, you know, diet pills and permanent makeup and all these things that you can do to alter your appearance, you still only have one body. Mm. And, and that stuff can kill you. Mm. And let let me be, you know, the, the one to be the example. Um, I could have taken better care of myself and, and, and not have been in the situation I'm in right now. So, you know, it sounds cliche when I say, you know, eat right and exercise and do all that, but you got to, you got to take care of your vessel. Cause you know, all that, that buying the, the buying the boobs and, and doing all that. I mean, that can backfire and literally take your life. Mm. Um, God, I feel like I could go on with advice forever because I didn't. Man, do it. that's what's but, up, man. Yeah. Okay, so you say you went through how many surgeries? So I had my initial surgery, and then that was the one that caused all of the problems. And I had 33 surgeries since. Well, actually, I just had one last week. So that's 34, 34 surgeries since then to save my life. So which one was the scariest one to you? And because I feel like you have to be in a place by yourself where God can talk to you. Yeah. So, so when I what, went what, in, what? yeah, I went in and I had a procedure done where they went in through my throat. It's called an EGD. It's just a very routine procedure where they go in with a scope through your throat and it goes down into your stomach to look, you know, into your stomach. Well, I had an internal bleed from that procedure. A very simple procedure. People have them done all the time. Mm. I ended up having an internal bleed and woke up in the ICU on a ventilator. And that was the scariest experience of my life. I literally have PTSD now because of it. I woke up on the ventilator, which I don't know if anybody knows, but when you're on a ventilator, your mouth is like in a wide open, they got these tubes in your mouth and they tie your arms to the bed so you can't pull these tubes out your mouth. Mm, so mm, mm. I, I'm literally awake with these tubes down my throat, tied to the bed, can't talk. 
I feel like I'm gagging, don't know why mm. I'm in the ICU, you know, and I remember my, seeing my mom sit at the end of the bed and I'm trying to do sign language because I can't talk and I'm trying to tell her, let them kill me, let them let me die because that was mm. so terrifying. And uh, that was that was the most terrifying thing I ever been through in my whole life. Like mm. Mm. It, it, it was horrible. And so, you know, I have had to, last week I had to have another one of those procedures done and I was so scared, you know, because I had had such a bad experience before, but, um, you know, somehow, some way God keeps me going. I don't know, but you know, it's been a really scary ride. All of the procedures have been frightening. Uh, well, I'm gonna give praise to God on that one. So, hey, I I got a question. Um, what was your mind at when you thought about even going through the surgery? Like, what was you thinking? Like, you know. So I just, you know, I spent a lot of my life as a big girl, you know, mm-hmm. and as a heavy set girl, you know, there's there's so much that you feel like you miss out on in life. You feel like people treat you differently because of your size. You know, I even had an employer, you know, I I walked into work one day and she eyeballed me up and down and I had on a suit, you know, I looked, I was a big girl, but I knew how to dress, you know? And she said, is that what you're wearing today? You know? And it's just like, I was treated so differently being overweight and so when i went to have these procedures and things done it was because i was i wanted so badly to know what it was like to not be treated differently because of my appearance but but it's you're still treated differently like i learned that on the other side of the you know but you know that's where my mind was when i initially went to get it done is i wanted I was like, oh, I'm gonna look good and I'm, you know, this and that. And uh, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> so for the females that's out there that's in a state of mind where you was at at that mm-hmm. time and they thinking about going th- doing the same thing, uh-huh. what advice would you give them? Well, first of all, infection and, and complications can happen from any type of surgery you get. You know, you can go get your finger, you know, operated on or whatever. Mm-hmm and have the potential for complications. So mm-hmm. I'm not sitting here bashing the whole, you know, procedures for some people. It is a, it a work life, out. you know, it's a lifesaver. They have no mm-hmm. complications. They do well, you know, whatever. So I'm not sitting here saying that it's just downright awful in the worst case, you know, thing. But what I will say is this, if you are considering having any type of cosmetic surgery, whether it be plastic surgery, weight loss surgery, any body alterating surgery that is elective, which means you have chosen to do it, it's not being forced upon you, make sure that you have the proper insurance in place in case something happens to you. Mm. Because had I not have had you know, disability insurance through my employer and hospital indemnity policies and things like that, we would have been homeless. I have not worked in almost three years. So I went from making, you know, 
close to $100,000 a year to making nothing, you know, and I waited and waited for Social Security and we survived. And the only reason we survived is because I had those things in place. So if you're going to choose to do things like that to your body, make sure that you have a savings, make sure that you have a support system, not just financially, but physically and emotionally, because there is a chance that something could happen to you. And, you know, if you choose to go out of the country, like I did, you know, a lot of people are going to like Dominican Republic and and Mexico and all these different places. Should you decide to go out of the country, doctors in the U.S. do not want to help you when you come back. So, Mm. you know, you've got to have savings and money in case of the worst case scenario. Mm. So um, do your research, you know, follow up and and know about the doctor you're going to um, and have a support system. Because had I not have had a support system, I don't know what I would do. Mm, mm, mm. That's right. Um. Oh man, we already chopping up for a couple of minutes. Yeah. I meant to, I meant to, man, I was deep, man. I'm going to get down to my questions. I usually ask questions for the next okay. 30 minutes. So, okay. you know what I'm saying? You can answer these questions the best way you can. So, check it out. I got a couple of questions for you, more than okay. three. All right. First question What's the first thing you do or think about when you wake up in the morning? Oh, Lord. Um, now, unfortunately, when I wake up in the morning, I, I, I'm in a lot of pain. Um, so I do struggle pretty hard every day. Um, and I'm battling, I'm battling that depression and that grieving that life that, um, I thought I was going to have. So when I first get up in the morning, I'm, I'm not in the best place that I want to be in, but I'm trying to focus on the good and be grateful and be appreciative that I'm even waking up. So it's, it's a mind struggle, but, um, you know, to be honest, that's where I'm at. <laughs> All right. That's, that's good. Mm-hmm. All right. Weather-wise, which one do you like, hot or cold? Mm, definitely hot. And okay. I was never that way before, but now I do not like to be cold. I don't know mm. if it's because I'm older or it's because I'm weaker or what, but. Mm-mm, I don't want to be cold. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Hamburgers or tacos? Oh, tacos. Tacos? <laughs> yes. Yes, okay, mm-hmm. okay. What was your favorite cartoon growing up? Captain Caveman. And hey. son. <laughs> yeah. No, hey. do you remember that one? And then uh, what was it? She-Ra, uh, Princess yeah. of Power. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Growing up, what was your favorite cereal? Oh, God. Um, I don't know. I feel like I liked, like, the Reese cup cereals and all the cookies shit and all that. Yeah. Okay. 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 What was your favorite pair of shoes? What's your favorite pair of shoes of all times? Mm. I'm not really like into like shoes like that. I mean, I love some cute shoes, but 
like as far as brands and things like that, you know, I don't really have a ultimate favorite. Um, I'm just, I'm, I guess I'm more so like, I got to see the outfit and put it together. And, you know, I don't have a, I'm not a, like a, a Nike person okay, or a, so you yeah. ain't got no favorite shoe? No, not okay. really. Um, What's the worst job you ever had? Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> um, oof, I had a few. So I, I did waitress for like, I think like three times at the 50s diner in Peoria. And that was horrible. Um, that's probably the worst job I ever had because I just, I'm just not waitress material. Um, I think that, I think that one's safe to say probably the worst I had right there. You've been a server? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a server. Mm -mm. (laughs) All right. Uh, what do you value mostly in a relationship? Whew. Probably the worst person to talk about relationships. Um, <laughs> um, I value the most uh, definitely honesty. Um, you know, I would rather keep things 100% and let me decide what I want to do with that 100% than ever lie to me. So, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, let me see. Hmm. What is your long-term goal? Well, you know, I have to ask myself that a lot now because I feel like I'm getting old, so it's like hard to visualize long term anymore but um you know my whole life has changed in the last few years so you know I my long-term goal used to be career-based and I wanted to be successful in my career and now I think I just want to be happy um I just want peace in my life and um wherever and however that may be um I want to eliminate the, anything that's causing stressors and, and baggage and negativity, I, I, I want mm-hmm. to remove that and just, you know, we all, none of us know how many days. Confidence, you know, but, everybody wants that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, you know, I, shit, I want to be alive. So I guess mm. my long-term goal is, is I want to keep fighting this illness and this sickness that I have. Mm. And uh, I want to see my, I want to see my kids have kids, and mm. you know, I, I, I just want to keep. I want to want to. I want to be one of them ninety-year-old ladies that's like still talking shit, and you know, out here causing problems. That's what. No. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that's what's up. That's what's yeah. up. All right, just another question. I'm gonna take you. I'm gonna take you back. What was Usher at at seven o'clock? I'm in the drop top cruising the street. <laughs> hey. <laughs> oh man. Yes. Right. What's your favorite pretty Ricky song? Oh, pretty Ricky. Um I don't like pretty Ricky. Why mm. do I have a favorite pretty Ricky song? 
Hey, y'all ain't used to play that? We did, but I didn't like I mean, all, oh, I, all like I can it? think of is On the Hotline. That's the only song I can think of right now. <laughs> like, Pretty Ricky. Yeah, yeah I, ain't, I ain't listen to Pretty Ricky either. But, right. You know, they, I thought y'all was old school because. Pretty Ricky. I'm like, what song is the Pretty Ricky sing? Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, let me see. Um, have you ever fell asleep standing up? Mm, I don't think so. A no. lot of people say they fell asleep behind the wheel. You ever had that? Yes. You fell asleep behind the yes, wheel? Yes, yes. And um, in fact, um, not too long ago, I'm not even going to lie, I was driving home from Orlando. I had went to Virginia, and uh, I was coming back from the airport in Orlando because I flew into Orlando. I was driving back, and I did. I felt I fell asleep at the wheel mm. and it was so terrifying because it wasn't for a very long time but i was out i was being honked at all that like it was it was scary so yeah damn yeah. man mm. i'm sorry man you mm. know that's crazy because um i always be talking about the do you fell asleep standing up and mm-hmm. um people say fell asleep behind the wheel a lot yeah and we was just talking about that and what was the singer name that fell asleep behind the wheel? Donnell mm. Jones. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, man, that's crazy. Yeah, scary. So, yeah. So I got a question. At the age you at right now, what would you tell your 16-year-old self? Just be 16, man. Like, stop trying to be anything other than 16. Like, I, at 16, me and your wife was living together you know i had quit school I, I i was trying to be 25 you know and i just wish i would have been 16 because you never get mm. that moment back you know yeah. and and you got you got a very limited amount of time to be a kid and and to not necessarily be carefree but to experience life at a kid level you know, and yeah. and I really wish that I would have not had to have been so grown. You know, I I, I wish I would have cherished those those kid moments a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Y'all wanted to be grown fast, huh? Not necessarily yeah. fast, <laughs> but you know, we just we just wanted to be a you know for whatever reason. You know, our family lives were were obviously played a portion of things, but you know, we just. We were forced to be, you know, figuring out how we were going to pay rent and pay light bills and things like that at 16. And it's like. Yeah. Y'all been knowing each other for a long time, huh? Yeah. I think I was 15. Yeah. I had just, I was 15, just turned 16. So yeah, we've been knowing each other for 23, 24 years. Yeah. Damn. That's a long time. mm -hmm, Can you see them comments down there? Mm Mm-mm. Oh, I see Carrie just says something about birthday sex. Yeah, I don't know she uh... Leave it to her. <laughs> uh-uh. Uh-uh. Uh, so tell me tell me a little bit about um this right here. Oh, you you really had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> tell me about this day. At least you didn't put a different picture up, but um <laughs> so that was the best 30 minutes. No, um <laughs> So that was your birthday. It was your birthday. What? Two yeah. Years ago? 
Um, and we went out and yeah, I think I got so drunk that I passed out in the bar and y'all had to put me in the car and yeah, I was feeling good. <laughs> I was feeling real good. But um oh, I still laugh because you know what? That was so much fun though. Like I hadn't done that in so many years. Like it was just it was a good night. That was fun. I so, know, I know. And mm-hmm. I remember you saying, Oh yeah, we finna turn out tonight. I'm turn gonna get up. your wife. I'm finna get your wife lit. Yes. And then you took some pictures and next you know it was over with. Yes. <laughs> I, was, I remember the one picture and I'm like knocked out in the in the in the bar and I'm like, that's so embarrassing. But you know what? <laughs> Whatever. We had a good time. Hey, but so. yeah, yeah, you know, it was all good. You know, yeah. um we yeah, gotta it do a, it again sometime soon. So Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We gotta definitely do that. So yeah, we almost at an hour, man. So I'm gonna get a couple more questions sure. for you. Um you ever think about oh when was your first tattoo? Oh Lord. My first tattoo, I was like 15. It was on Cattell Street in the basement of that goofy dude. What was his name, Christy? Um <laughs> Everybody went to Cattell Street to get their tattoos in the basement. What was that guy's name? But I had got the praying hands on my chest right here. Mm. Um, That was my first one. And then I think I had got one the same day on my arm. And I had got my boyfriend at the time, Kenny, name tattooed on my arm. So, yeah. Them basement basement tattoos, Lord. Yeah, I got a couple of them. Mm -hmm. All right, so check this out. If you had a 30-minute interview with God, mm-hmm. what would you ask him? Hmm. You know, I think the, the, the biggest question I would ask would be, <coughs> you know, what is what is he feel my purpose in this world is? And um, I would definitely want to make sure that, you know, I was living his purpose uh, Mm. that he had planned for me. Because I definitely feel that I have continued to wake up and make it through 33, 34 procedures because I have a purpose. Um, So I definitely would want to spend as much time as I could knowing exactly what it is that he wants me here to do. Mm. Yeah. So if he, if he was asking you, like he asked you one question, he said, how was your life on earth? How would you respond? You know, it's been a mixture um, (coughs) of highs and lows. And, um, you know, some of the lows have been self-inflicted. Um, and some of the highs have been, you know, some of the best times of my life. So I would say that, you know, I, I'm, I do have some regret, but I, I feel for the most part that um, I'm pretty, I'm pretty okay with where things are. So. Okay. Okay. Tell me about your dad's Cadillac. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> uh, 
my daddy had a few Cadillacs, but I know we had some wild times in dad's Cadillacs. So <laughs> there was one that was so crazy, you would turn it on and it would say, wait five minutes and turn it on again because there was some kind of electrical issue with that jam. But God, we had we had so many wild times <laughs> in the Cadillacs. Um, I remember times when... Oh, Lord, I probably incriminate myself putting that stuff on the Internet. I'm just going to say we had fun in them Cadillacs. Lord. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, early you was talking about getting your motorcycle license, man. Mm -hmm. What about the time you fell off the motorcycle? Yes. So that's why a lot of people who know me, they're like, oh, my God, you want to, you know, drive. You want to be a, on a bike again because you got in such a bad accident. But. Yeah, so I got on a bike in 2004, and I was riding with somebody who was very reputable. Um, in fact, he was like the president of his bike club and pretty well known in Peoria um, for being, you know, savvy on a motorcycle, I guess. So mm -hmm. I felt safe, you know, riding with this person. And so we went around the block and I'm like, I don't like this. You know, I want to get off the bike. I don't like it. And so we came back to the place that we left from and we were at a stopping point. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to get off the bike because I'm thinking we're stopped. And he hit it. And so when he hit it, I flew um, like 20 feet off the back of the bike down McClure Street um, and skidded, you know, hit my head. Uh, I had blood coming out my ears, all of that. I had to go on an ambulance, you know, to the hospital. They told me I had broke my tailbone. They told me that I probably would never be able to um, naturally give birth to children because of the way that my tailbone was broken. Um, and that was a lie because I have four kids after that. But uh, I was I was pretty messed up. But um you know, motorcycles are dangerous, you know, mm. and, and it's not something that you just, you know, it's definitely you got to ride with the right people and you've got to know what you're, you got to be educated even to be a passenger, mm. you know? So, um, yeah, that was, it was a horrible accident, but it was also on like a sport bike, not like a Harley. It was like, you mm -hmm. know, like a crotch rocket bike. Yeah. Yeah. Oh um, yeah. Don't take off too fast. Yeah. So it's a little bit different ride. Uh, and I still to this day won't get on a bike that doesn't have like a sissy bar on the back, like like a little seat, you know, like I want to mm -hmm. be able to feel a little bit of security. So, um, but yeah, that was scary. It was, that was really terrifying for me. And, uh, you know, it was like a point in time, I think in Peoria where everybody was riding bikes and they were all in bike clubs and everything. Mm -hmm. and it was like kind of like a the thing to do the thing to do it was like a fad you know and these people really weren't educated and these people really didn't know how to ride bikes this fool didn't even have insurance or a license to drive the bike yet he was the president of the bike club we ain't gonna mention no names how slaughter yeah. but um you know uh yeah so that's a whole nother story in itself but um if you're gonna get on the motorcycle you gotta ride with the right people that's right mm -hmm. that's right so um we almost almost chop it up in an hour already yes. all right so i got a couple more questions real okay. quick man just finish this off um i hate when people blank i hate when people i hate when people have that mean girl attitude mm. like you know i have never liked it as a child as a as a teenager and i don't like it as an adult that mean girl shit is ugly 
So mm. I definitely hate that mean girl shit. Mm. Mm. I, if I can work with anybody, I would like to work with. Oh, boy. That's a hard question because um, I don't really, I don't really, I can't really answer that because I don't really put enough um, time into like following anybody right now. Mm-hmm. I guess, I guess I would say if I could work <coughs> with somebody, it would be somebody that was very knowledgeable in like, um, some I don't know. I'm not gonna answer that question because I, right, 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 I just I right, just that's, yeah. that's true. If you could see anybody perform dead or alive, who would it be? Mm, Leela James. <laughs> oh, who's that? Oh my goodness, she's my favorite. Um, she's a singer. She Google her, Leela James. She like um, kind of has like Eric Vadu vibes. Kind of mm. um, kind of like uh, Lauren Hill. Um, okay. My favorite. Probably, so. Okay, if you just said a song, I'm sure you've heard her music. You just gotta to Google it, listen to it. Yeah. Mm, I'm gonna check it out. I'm gonna check it out. Mm. Um, or Kid Rock. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I have a. <laughs> I love Kid Rock, so I would love to see him live too. <laughs> Kid Rock. Kid Rock. Yes. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think I, I think I got his number somewhere. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, if you can change that one thing in the world, what would you want to change? Mm. Well, if you if you can change one thing about the world, what would you want to change? If I could change one thing about the world, I would definitely change the healthcare slash medication slash money that people make off of sickness because i feel like our country isn't about saving lives because there's so much money pushing pills and pushing pushing medications and procedures and you know you go to other countries and people are so healthy and the, the the healthcare systems are really about the health you know really about healthcare here we're about here we're about how much of a kickback we get if we prescribe this drug and you know it's just sickening to me so if i could change that that would definitely be yeah. something i would do yeah i rather um yeah i change that the medical and the way we eat yeah yeah you know, um because you know they put colorful stuff all in front of you knowing it's bad food mm-hmm. but they make it look nice and oh then, yeah, that's for anything. You know, our country, our world is so greedy. You know, it, it will kill our own people for a dollar, and it's just crazy. So, mm. yeah, it's crazy. So yeah, we already about the hour. So, right. who would you want to see on the future, the next future podcast? Hmm. On the Fan Mission Podcast. Honestly, I must say, I would like to see your wife. Oh, KKG on yeah. the podcast. Because I feel like, you know, she's a real cool chick and she has some uh, great attributes and uh, lots of insight. And I think that her voice is something I would definitely like to hear. So 
I think I would like to to see her be interviewed and uh, hear what what what's good in her mind and, and yes, yes, and what pretty Ricky song she likes. That's nah. what I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty Ricky, Ricky. Yeah. Hey. Man, I appreciate you coming yeah, on, spending this hour fun. of power with me. I appreciate it. And um, and to the people out there, if y'all miss a podcast, y'all can rewind it back, listen to it. And I hope y'all learn something from these kind words from this young lady. Yay. She said she said she old, but I she's am not. old. No, you're not. You we know you're old, not. Bonnie. We not young no. no more. Don't don't put me in that box. Ah, I ain't old. I ain't you old. Older than me. I ain't old. Hey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. Well, thank you right. for having me. This was fun. And, um, you know, the biggest thing is we always got to support our people. So, you know, you got a friend that's doing a business and, you know, uh, you got to be their number one fan and you got to be supporting them. And, and that goes for if they're making shirts or if they, you know, whatever. You know, mm-hmm. you, you gotta be supporting them because you would want them to support you. So mm-hmm. I got a lot of a lot of girls that are out here doing the whole home business thing, and you know, we just gotta try to to support each other. Mm-hmm. So I have That's fun. I have fun. I definitely want to see your wife on the next one, though. All right, I'm gonna try to get up on there, man. See yes. what's going on. All right, you know love Because she got some. All right, love you. All right, bye. All right. Yeah. Yeah, what's up? This your boy Monty G on the Fan Mission Podcast. And that was a decent little hour of power, man. So make sure y'all like, subscribe, leave a um comment, let me know where y'all are from. I seen a couple people down there. You know what I'm saying? And um next time I can give y'all a shout out if we ain't too busy and wrapped up talking our talk. But yeah, this your boy Monty G on the Fan Mission Podcast. And I appreciate y'all listening and watching. Your boy, I'm out. We on the mission, family on the mission. We on the mission, family on the mission. We on the mission, family on the mission. We on the mission, family on the mission.